Hey friends, little different format today. Normally we have every other week we have an episode and today I just wanted to bring you a little bonus episode. I put out a blog post last week about leaving conservative evangelicalism and it got a lot of good response and I was honestly blown away. Close to 700 of you read it and I had tons of comments and messages about it and I thought about my friends that don't like to read things, that either don't have the attention span to read a lengthy blog post, or they just don't like to read. They'd rather have audio books or audible or podcasts or whatever. And so I'm just going to record that blog post for those friends. And also because sometimes tone is hard. You might have read that and thought I was angry typing or bitter typing. So I wanted to record this so that you knew how it sounded in my head and how I was actually typing it. So this is just a quick episode. It's going to be, you know, 16 to 20 minutes. And I just wanted to record this for you. And I'll do the same for it's going to be like a three-part series or who knows how long. And I'll just record each of those so that if you enjoy listening rather than reading, then you can listen to these posts rather than reading them. So, here we go. Staring at the blank screen, I beg the keys to magically or by osmosis to manifest all the words that I've, that I've had inside my being for the past 10 years. But they refuse in part because they know that the process of writing this all out will be some sort of release, resolution, and revelation all its own. And if you grew up conservative Christian, then you'll appreciate the alliteration I just used there, the three R's. Those three R's will preach, am I right? I left conservative evangelicalism almost four years ago, but in truth, I'd been practicing leaving six years before that. To some, my exit felt abrupt. Where is all this coming from? I heard. But it wasn't abrupt at all. It had been brewing since I was in college. Maybe even before that, though, it wasn't safe to doubt, question, or push back in my childhood. I remember my doubts. I even wrote them down. But having a different opinion experiencing the world differently or choosing a different path were all things that simply weren't allowed in my household. The actual decision four years ago to no longer identify with the religious orientation of my youth came on the heels of being sexually assaulted by a close friend. Yes, as an adult. And that is a story that I'm learning to tell. And we'll get there one day together. And I don't mean to be vague and mysterious. I know that's annoying when writers and bloggers and podcasters do that, (laughs) but it's just not quite time yet to tell that full story. So I hope that you'll extend me grace to just leave it there. It wasn't just the assault that caused me to do a full-on cartwheel out of the church. It was just a crucible moment that caused a breakdown in every facet of the word. And All of my grievances with evangelicals, fundamentalists, conservatives, spiritual abuse, patriarchy, and the hierarchy just all erupted to the surface. And I know that deconstruction is a buzzword, 
and different schools of thought have different opinions on the positive and negative connotations of the idea around deconstructing one's faith. But I've always thought about it in terms of the game Jenga. That our faith, our religious beliefs, ideology, is a structure like blocks of Jenga. They've been layered and stacked, put together to form a structure, a system, by our upbringing, by our influences, by our family dynamics, our experiences, and our own ideas. To me, people that discount or vilify the process of deconstructing or struggling with one's faith are afraid of the whole thing falling, as if the whole thing coming undone meant that it wasn't really stable or true in the first place. But I think if we really commit to this Jenga metaphor for a second, then you know that sometimes you can ease one block out, sliding it with careful, graceful fingers while holding your breath. And once it's out, you can examine it. You can observe how the tower still stands. But other times you pick a stubborn one and the careful process of removing it causes the whole tower to fall, scattering blocks all over the table. Once they fall, you can choose if and how you rebuild the tower. To me, deconstruction is the same. You can take out each block, turn it over, look at it, examine it, decide if the structure actually needed it, and if you want to keep it. And some blocks will cause the whole tower to fall, taking it down to ground level. And then you get to decide how and if you rebuild the tower. But even right there, there in that last sentence, is a conservative Christian hang-up. They would say that you don't get to decide. I didn't grow up with autonomy or agency, boundaries or permission to think for myself. The Bible was read and interpreted literally with a belief of inerrancy and infallibility. And therefore, in their opinion, a human does not have the... Therefore, in their opinion, a human does not have the ability or permission to quote-unquote take it or leave it when it comes to Christian belief. Not believing something from the Bible literally equals you're going to hell. You're either in or you're out. You believed and therefore could belong or you didn't and couldn't. Let's be clear, a group of men originally decided what was to be included in the Bible and how it should be interpreted and now centuries later Men stand up and tell other people what the Bible means, how they should live, and essentially that we, the lay people, are not allowed to interpret it differently than him or those ancient men. But ironic semantics aside, for me there were just too many things I couldn't ignore, and they gnawed away at me for years until I was no longer willing to ignore them. And certain issues didn't mean that none of it was true. But those issues did mean that certain aspects of the institution could no longer be held in the same regard that they had been. So I started asking questions. And these will be the focus in part two and three and so on. I started pulling out Jenga blocks. At first, I was afraid of the whole tower falling because I had been conditioned to be afraid of not believing. I'd been conditioned to be afraid of being lured away by the world. I was afraid of what it meant if I got to the bottom, sifted through all the rubble, and found that I... 
and found that it had all been a fraud, that I had been duped. And in some ways, I had been. For many years, I did just that. I poked carefully at these easy, loose bricks, holding my fear tight to my chest like a blanket. I asked questions in those very few safe spaces. I wrote them down, posing them to the void on blank journal pages, hoping to conjure up answers without having to look too bravely beyond the certainty that I'd been handed and branded as a child. But when my life collapsed in 2018, I found myself in therapy, excavating every buried body, every mismatched form of baggage I'd toted around with me, and every secret I'd been keeping. It was through this process that I finally had a secure space to voice my anger toward the harm that I had been inflicted. It was through this process that I finally had a secure space to voice my anger toward the harm that had been inflicted on me by conservative Southern Christianity and the harm I'd perpetrated because I'd believed it. I had a vault in which to lay down everything I'd been carrying and say aloud, I'm not sure I believe most of this anymore. And I've learned to pick up the pieces since then. My therapist asked me, one of our very first sessions, where was God? And I'm certain that I cried the rest of the session, unable to even utter a real answer, because the truth was, for the first time, I'd felt safe enough to say, I don't know. And I feel betrayed. I finally felt permission to be honest. I didn't have to vouch for God's faithfulness or argue about God's holiness or stand up for the Bible testify to my joy, or be a witness for the gospel, or defend the flag, or convert unbelievers, or find God's sovereignty in my pain, I was free to be uncertain. When the blocks were scattered and I wished I could build a bonfire with the rubble, I couldn't see God there. I couldn't see God anywhere. There was too much reverb from the old programming, too many echoes of shame and control. It was all cloudy, and I had to wait for the dust to settle. But when it did, there God was. And I could see then that God had always been near, waiting for me to step outside the line, to come and find it, to go chasing light. So I let the blocks fall, the ones that held up the institution, the ones that allowed people in power to be abusers, the ones that kept me small, in line, and under control, the ones that didn't make sense, the ones that harmed and dehumanized others. And since leaving the Southern Baptist Convention and conservative Christianity, there's been fallout, major fallout the gut-wrenching, life-altering kind. But I'm unwilling to go back, to acquiesce any longer to a system that is often the most unchristlike group of people I've ever known. And since leaving, I have had to take a good hard look at my values, as well as my politics, my relationships, my boundaries, my parenting. 
everything. I'm no longer an elitist, a separatist, or a fundamentalist. I can't stand the patriarchy or inequality. I really don't like church buildings, budgets, or paid pastors. I can't abide with abusive, narcissistic hierarchy. I value the Bible, but I don't take it literally. I think women should preach and lead. I'm done self-deprecating in the name of God. I believe in pro-choice and pro-life. I refuse to treat my children like little sinners. I will fight against racism. I will not silence women. I hate sexism and misogyny. I don't believe in purity culture. I'm no longer obsessed with afterlife as a way to bypass this life. I no longer think everyone is against me, us versus them, and because it's not us versus them, I don't feel the need to vote out of fear. I believe things can be both and. I don't believe God is a he. I value all of church history, lots of other documents and voices, and I read world history very differently now. I value all human and orient I value all humans and orientations, period. I love other cultures because they have something to teach me, not because white people need to go teach them. I don't believe in evangelism anymore, though I do believe in sharing stories. I believe in caring for people's souls, not quote-unquote saving them. Science is amazing, and it makes God all the more real and near to me. I'd rather look at the Bible from all angles than assume that there is only one way to read it. I am no longer certain. The list could go on for days. And my fellow 90s conservative kids, you might even understand the cringe I felt about writing all of those I statements. That's so prideful, Megan. But uh, just so you know, you're actually allowed to talk about yourself. So my life got a makeover in the wake of devastation. And it will continue to, because I'm not ever done. I won't ever know all there is. I won't ever fully grasp the magnitude of God. I won't ever be certain, which means there's always more questions to ask, ideas to ponder, and status quos to challenge. And that is actually what faith is, damn it. I hope more than anything from the rubble of my Jenga blocks I learn to build tables where there is space for everyone not walls not towers or cathedrals or even pulpits but tables where a giant feast is underway and you can slide up in whatever chair you can find elbow to elbow with someone who is not like you but has just as much value at the table as you where there are party lights strewn and dangling from the trees overhead because who doesn't love dreamy party lights? Where there are no stupid questions or certain answers, but everything is something we can talk about. That's all for today. I hope you enjoyed that blog post. We'll be back next week with an actual regular episode of something you can talk about and part two and part three 
of this series, Leaving the Church, are coming soon. So stay tuned. We'll talk more next time.